the hands will take you on a journey just a piece at a time. Delve into the mystery and wonderment, we can blow your mind. Every question will be answered, nothing will be as it seems. At the turn of the page, you'll be amazed, you will cream your jeans. Listening to Overbooked, a comedy podcast about books we didn't read, probably. Yep. Uh, you know, it's like a book club for people who don't want to put on pants and go to a book club. It's great. Now, if we sound weird, it's because we're sitting across from each other for the first time. Yeah. The the uh, Stephen moved the furniture around, and mm-hmm. we're all like, I don't know. We leave for five minutes. Look, Stephen. Just... Oh my god. Uh, so I'm Alicia. I'm Jinx. And today we are here with a very special guest, Mr. Matteo Martinez. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for being Wait, on. how do you guys usually sit? Oh, the table was the other way and we're usually beside each other. Yeah. That is so cute. You know, I've listened to every episode <laughs> and I for sure thought you were facing each other. Really? We sound like we're facing each other when we're not? Yeah. That's amazing. Because so... I was, because you know, your timing is so crazy good. And I'm like, right, right, right sure. Yes, sure. I didn't now know it was like where locked listened. in on a psychic level. Yes. Go back mm. to where you've listened to every episode. So you're a big fan. <laughs> I am. I am a big fan. I got to say my favorite episode was when you guys talked about ADD. Oh, mm. that was my favorite episode too. The one where, where Stephen discovered he has ADD yeah a very special episode <laughs> I discovered I had ADD as well oh. and we just make change in lives you know you know hey what about bicycles <laughs> see <laughs> oh, no. oh there it was where's your keys where's your keys right now I, they're, uh, exactly crap right oh my god that was my favorite line from that episode oh I right. got my keys in my hand and my coffee in the other and poof they're gone <laughs> gone yeah all of them that was gorgeous very <laughs> very strong imagery and also absolutely true absolutely, absolutely true, true. Yeah. yeah well i'm so glad you're here because i feel so much better about myself already <laughs> big fan awesome big fan can i just say what i was going to say about the headphones yes please mm-hmm. so here's and this is for the listeners this is a, a sort of a warning heads up kind of a thing okay when i have headphones on i can't hear what's in the room right so for some reason <clears throat> my mind thinks that when i fart it doesn't make a noise <laughs> So if at some point you're like, that's, wow, that's me. <laughs> that's that's very a, impressive. If that's was, how you fart. Oh, I granny fart for sure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, um. It was so melodic. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that video? The most beautiful fart in the world. No. Oh my God. Oh okay. my God. Write that down. Put You're that in look the that show up notes. Later. Show notes. Seriously. It is. It sounds it's like the most juvenile, terrible joke. And it is the most beautiful, masterful thing I've ever seen. The what most beautiful fart in the world. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it next time. We'll good, good it. Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Can we comment on Stephen's hat? Yeah. Yes. Stephen, I I love when straight boys like accidentally like do a very gay thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a hat that has a patch of a bear on it, and it says grizzly. And in the <laughs> gay community, a grizzly bear is a gay gentleman who likes to incorporate a little bit of rough play in his bear play. Oh. 
So when Stephen wore that grizzly hat today, I was like, get it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you just work. ADD and a bear. Who knew? Wow. It wasn't mm. lost on me when I bought the hat. Okay, oh. I think we're I think we're admitting something. We're learning, we're learning so much about ourselves. Learning. That's what this is all That's about. That's what the show's about. <laughs> listen, okay, listen. That was a I have great to tell jingle. you. Thank you. I have to tell you guys. Just as I was driving up, I just turned on NPR. Always right? our favorite. Sure, big high risk all fans. Yeah. Oh my god! Just turned it up, and there was a story about this author, and I was like, I have to tell you guys about this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. great. Okay. Okay. So this woman, her name's Judith Krantz. Have you ever heard of her, Judith mm. Krantz? I think I was listening to this. Were you? I think I was. <sighs> it's okay. Like the high risk dollars all over again. Yep. Damn it. Okay. All right. So Judith Krantz, she died Saturday. She was ninety-one. Mm-hmm. She was a journalist for twenty-seven years with McCall's Ladies Home Journal and Cosmo, but then at the age of fifty. She wrote her first novel called Scruples. Yeah. Mm. And then she proceeded to write 10 novels and sold 85 million copies. Wow. And until the day she died, wrote 10,000 words a week. Okay. Now, her Mm. novels all had female main characters who were living in the lap of luxury, like all these amazing foods and locations and stuff. And they would get involved in all these romantic entanglements. And then there was sex. And then there was like business power. I love all this. It was like romance novels, but elevated. But yeah, like like classy romance novels. In general, she was completely just like trash. Reviled by critics. The whole literary community literally called her her the genre trash trash fiction that's what she wrote was trash fiction and people told her early in her career why don't you write something good why don't you write real literature <laughs> yeah and then an, one publisher said um you know we sell the her books because some woman who comes in to buy judith Krantz might stumble across a good book they might buy for their aging uncle or a bright son <laughs> oh my god you know this we were talking <laughs> alicia and i were talking about how to get away with murder today no, the said, tv show not the, the, the TV not show. our right. plan right <laughs> because never, again we've established totally sorry, I, innocent that's we, true right the we've ABC show Mario. we've never killed anyone good heavens <gasps> and there is a place for really trashy fiction i think in our lives yes Obviously. Are you suggesting that How to Get Away with Murder is trashy? It's, it's high trash. It's Ooh, high trash. It is high trash for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give yeah, it that. It but is like high camp. It's high trash. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then what's the common thread here is that because this appeals specifically to women and women genuinely get joy from reading these books, obviously 85 million copies, mm-hmm. because of that, it's trash. Right. Because it appeals to women and brings them joy exclusively trash that's what the, that's, was that was the I whole was, story yeah, yeah. I was listening and I was listening but listening. I didn't catch the first part so I didn't know yeah. her name right <laughs> you're like oh I'll look her up later no I won't and the patriarchy <laughs> raises its ugly head yet again again it's insidious it's everywhere yeah every obituary did you hear that yeah. part every obituary has been like god everyone hated her but she so, sold a lot wait, of books yeah. to this day that's yeah. This was Saturday. Her she died. You are kidding me. Yeah, her obituary said, um, loved by fans, reviled by critics. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I just say, I am 44 years old, and I don't want to do a darn thing anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. fact that this lady got up at, at, at 50 and was like, guess what I'm going to do now? That deserves everyone's respect. Yeah, He's saluting right now. 10,000 words a week until the day she died. Get it. Come on. If I get 10,000 words on paper, 
by the time I die, I feel like <laughs> I'm yeah. doing pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> and it's mostly my name on forms. Right. So Judith Krantz, I never read you, but I feel like that's an honor. Golly, <laughs> there's another book we're not going to get to. But yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe we'll do a Judith Krantz. Should we? Do, I think we should. Let's I put it like on the should. list. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Judith Krantz. Maddie, I'll stole my paper. Write that down. Um, <laughs> Judith. Judith Krantz. Okay. Um, oh, I feel like I should also probably say to the audience some things mm-hmm. about me. Uh, I'm gay. Oh. Latino. Okay. I have bad allergies. Okay. And I like how to get away with murder. Okay, great. Welcome, Nadia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, have you read anything this week? I did. I finished the book that we're going to talk about. So, baby, have you read anything this week? Well, <laughs> a little kissy sound. I was thinking that's my thinking noise. I I guess I read. Um, well, I did read some things about kidney stones. Oh, <laughs> and we'll get to that later. Oh, sure. Yeah, me sure. Too. Um, oh, you did the googling. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, too. yeah, I read that, and so then we're I read all up on that. Yeah. Okay. But I wrote some stuff this week, so good for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, but mm-hmm. I feel like that feel almost like... counts as reading, you know. Yeah, I had to read it's like it while I read. Yeah, it yeah. is. I was. I did some reverse reading this week. Yeah, so we'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So well, okay. As we as we launch into this book, Mario, I don't know if you know this about me that I am obsessed with Victorian era surgery. We have had this discussion. We have. Okay, you mm-hmm. knew this about me. Yeah. It's hard for people not to know it because I. I talk about I it, say it a lot. yeah 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 um it does come up a lot mm-hmm. and you yeah it really does, <laughs> it does. <laughs> you wouldn't think you wouldn't but you like to be a moment of time yeah you like all kinds of like that niche oh, yeah. little thing mm-hmm. yeah we kind of we kind of both do but i'm not i've never the, it's interesting but i've never like <laughs> done, a, done a deep dive no. of well, victorian what, what appeals to you about it because it's so creepy yeah. that people were doing these you know surgeries Without the best medical equipment or pain killing medical equipment. Oh my god. Listen, okay, okay, I can sum it up in that I I love it because it's creepy. Yeah. Because it's kind of gross, because it's super science, Mm. and because it's right on the verge of a huge, like world humanity changing discovery. Like Victorian Uh medicine specifically is like right on the verge of like a whole new knowing about You mean actual medical actual medical science. science. It's literally where medicine and science first came together. Science mm. was not a part of medicine until the Victorian era. You know, for most of the time humans have been humans, I gotta say, I'm really glad we're alive now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would pick it. I mean it's, I would it's unfortunate it. that we're gonna see the end of it all. But Right. I'd maybe uh, go back like yeah. maybe just like 40, 40 50. Yeah. Mm, I could go like in the in the fifties. Me too. I could do it. Mm-hmm. That'd be a rough one for me. <laughs> You're a little too uh, free with the uh... <laughs> shimmy, 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 shimmy. You're a little too free with your shimmy. I am not so. free with my shimmies, but I am free with my opinion, which was just as frowned upon. Yeah. So that's what mm-hmm. it is. Jinx and I, are, I think, are a lot more. We know our place. Yeah, I could settle in. <laughs> I could definitely settle in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm also fascinated with the Victorian period, period in general, mm-hmm. and I think it's because a lot of my my family is older, older. So like people mm. that I was close with in my family were born in like 1901. And so I can like imagine 
what their lives were like and I heard a lot about that kind of stuff and yeah. so I just I kind of really liked that point okay so okay. having said all that what was right. the book okay. <laughs> the book is called The Butchering Art mm. by Lindsay Fitzharris The Butchering Art The Butchering Art subtitle Joseph Lister's Quest can't read it too small to transform the grisly world of Victorian medicine I think the whole time you were reading this and telling me about it, I thought it was the art of butchering. Oh, no. Oh, like, <laughs> cold, like cold cuts. Which right. is why I was like, we're going to talk about charcuterie. Great. I can do that for hours. But then it's like, oh, no, this is about Victorian medicine. Oh, that butchering. Cool. Okay. Oh, you're going to have opinions. Oh. I can feel it. Listen, we've established already. I was, shimmy, shimmy. Shimmy, shimmy. I was my opinions. very vocal about pork chops, but this is fine. <laughs> you still can be. I mean, I'm always, I'm all ears. Okay. All right. Chops. So give us the. Give okay. Us well, the... first. Okay. So this book is about Joseph Lister, who is my second favorite Victorian surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But I have to talk about my first favorite Victorian surgeon to, to set the scene. Okay. 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 Picture it. Picture it. London. Victoria. <laughs> Victoria. London. Okay. Nice to know what. So there's this surgeon named Robert Liston. He's my number one favorite Victorian surgeon. Okay, so Robert Liston is like 1830s is where we are here. So we, Liston and Lister. Lister. Yes. Okay, Liston, okay. number one. Mm -hmm. Lister, Lister number, number two. two. Okay. Okay, Liston. So his whole claim to fame, and this sums up the era, like so that you know where we are in surgery. So surgeons were not physicians. They were not considered medical professionals. They were considered the same as barbers. Okay. Wow. Okay. There was no such thing as antiseptic anything. There was no such thing as any kind of anesthesia. And so the whole goal in surgery <laughs> was you only did it if it was going to save their life, which it wasn't because they all died. <laughs> and you did it for things like Alicia falls and breaks her leg, compound fracture. That's definitely going to get infected. It's definitely going to kill her. So the only thing we can do is cut her leg off. That's why surgeons existed. That was it. They didn't do anything else but just be like, that's bad. Chop. <laughs> oh, and that's hence it. the term butchers. Yes. It all comes together. So. Boy, oh okay. Boy. So that's okay. Liston. That's Liston. Now, at this point, it's like, because there's no medical training. Some of them had some just in case, but they were kind of like morticians or whatever. They just did some gross thing for a living. So they would all wear butchering aprons and it was a badge of honor if your butchering apron was like crusted with blood and pus because you never washed it. Why would you wash it? What? Yeah, why would you wash it? There's absolutely no reason to wash it. It has nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. So crusty, crusty, no gloves, no anything because, you know, they just got their old crusty apron out and put it on. So the goal of the whole surgery was to go as fast as possible. Because if the faster you could cut off someone's leg, the faster you could tie off those arteries and they might live and maybe not get an infection that kills them two days later. And it would. So that's the whole goal. So Robert Lisson was the fastest surgeon ever. And his whole way that he started <laughs> off surgeries, he literally would take out his scalpel, hold it above his head and say, time me, gentlemen. And then everyone would start a timer because there's a crowd of people in there, by the way. P.S. They're using they a scalpel. Hammer. I would think at this point well, it would be knife, like an axe, but a just like it's a, a chop. It's just a really sharp knife. Oh god! It's just a knife. So he, so he was so fast that he could take off a entire leg, like at the thigh, in under thirty seconds. That includes making the first incision, pulling the skin back, finding the bone, sawing through the bone, folding it over, reconnecting. Seconds. Under thirty seconds. That's ludicrous. Okay. And the goal <clears throat> wasn't that this person was going to heal. 
or even live. It was just, let's get it done as fast as possible and see what happens. So he doesn't bleed to death right this right second. Right now. Right. Yes. Okay. Can I, can I tell you the most upsetting part of this? This is for the <laughs> listeners at home. Jinx and Alicia allowed me to eat my dinner right before we had this discussion. Well, we didn't say wait until we're doing it. I am feeling so lightheaded and uh, barfy. Are you okay? For real? Well, that's pretty much the grossest part. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Um. So. I gotta quit snorting. <laughs> this, no, this is why Robert Liston is my absolute favorite. He has the only record of a surgery with three fatalities, a three hundred percent fatality rate. <laughs> <laughs> because he would go so fast that he couldn't keep track of what he was doing, and he went so fast on the initial incision that he swiped his assistant across the. <gasps> crotch stop and the assistant thought that he cut him and passed out and died from shock and then well he didn't he didn't cut him he did not cut him and then he went back into the surgery nicked his other assistant's finger and then two weeks later the patient and the assistant died from gangrene he killed three people in like a minute in one surgery wow and that's why he's my favorite he was flashy He was fast, ma'am. World a record holder, failure. complete disaster. <laughs> you need to talk about your values. What and he a had, hero! And he had no interest in anything that was about saving these people's lives. It was all just about how fast can I do this thing I'm really good at, and then if they live, cool. Oh, <laughs> that's it. My God. So this is the world, Robert Liston, or this is the world that James John Lister. What's his name? Can't even. Joseph. There it is. Joseph Lister comes into. Okay. He sees Liston. In a mm-hmm. procedure. He's there for one of these like huge procedures that everyone came and watched. And he was like, there has got to be a better way, <laughs> is what he thought. So he went to school. He was Quaker. His parents were like, you can't do that. You're interfering with God's will. And he was like, no, I'm going to be a doctor. And so he went, had some microscopes, did some stuff. Okay, now remember, this is where science and medicine come along. Okay. Up until now, there has been no interest in medicine finding out why people get sick. That was not even a part of medicine. Medicine was just fixing people so they lived, maybe making them feel a little better. So he comes along with his microscope and he's like, hey, there's all these little things in there. And maybe, I mean, maybe there's something going on here. And everyone was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Put that toy away. That's a gentleman's toy. That's crazy. Okay. All right. Hold on. Coming up. Coming okay. I guess, can, can I just say, this is where the term grudging respect comes from, right? right? <laughs> because these guys end up legitimately like you know breaking changing through everything and, yeah right i get why you're fascinated by it it's okay now for we're gonna two seconds i was like that girl creepy <laughs> that's still true <laughs> okay okay we're gonna talk about john snow for a minute oh wait <laughs> <laughs> john snow no there's a doctor dr john snow in london in 1849 oh, <laughs> which i'm like is that why he's named that because here's what happened <coughs> Sorry. So in 1849, there was a huge cholera epidemic in London, and Jon Snow was the first person to be like, hey, I've been thinking about it, you guys, and it seems like about 89% of all the people with cholera right now live within walking distance of the Broad Street water pump. Mm. And everyone else was like, yeah, that's because they're all poor. <laughs> Duh. And he was like, right, right. But then he went out with pen and paper, and he made a dot map of all of the people who had contracted cholera and they were all super focused on the Broad Street pump. So Uh they took the handle off the pump and everybody stopped getting cholera. (sighs) 
And he said, you know what I think it is? I think it's because this water pump is located right next to this giant sewage cesspool pool. <laughs> Yeah, that's that'll... full of fecal matter and dead people. And I think that might have something to do with it. I think. Oh, Hold boy. on. Wait a minute. Two and two. And everyone else was like, nice try. We're just going to get back to our miasma and cutting off legs and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, okay. This reminds me of that, that Steve Jobs quote where he said that he, everything changed for him the moment that he realized the world is being run by people not much smarter than him. Yes, bigger, bigger dummies, dummies than, than I. Yeah, and I, I don't kinda... know. Why I said you. That was weird. Sorry. <laughs> because <laughs> I get it. I get it. Damn, <laughs> working out so many issues. Well, that's because you said it on the. Th- okay. Anyway. Anyway. I see. <laughs> I see one where dummy we are. in this room. <laughs> She's sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Fascinating. This is also, okay. I really, I'm so, I love this. I'm bringing it home now. Okay, here home. we go. Okay, okay, all right. Kind of. <laughs> all right, so so remember. I clap and yeah. in the dance. Because Bring it on this, home. <laughs> they couldn't do surgery anywhere in your abdomen, your chest, or your head. Wait, wait, why couldn't they do that? Because you would die immediately. There's no anesthesia. There's no right. anything. Oh, oh, at that time, at they that couldn't time, they do could that. Not. Got it. So Check. they only uh-huh. could do surgery on like your appendages. Extremities. Yeah. yeah. So... So they were like, okay, we need to, maybe we should try to get in there. There's probably some things we can do. And everyone's (laughs) like, that's crazy. That's now you're messing with God. That's insane. So then um, Joseph Lister, he's like, but see what happens is the surgery doesn't kill people. It's the, it's that they get an infection. So it must be the infection. So he launches into this whole study of of infection. At the same time, Louis Pasteur, Uh right? Right. We all know him, Mm -hmm. old Louis, right? Uh, Just in case uh, some people at home don't know. Uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> you know, pasteurization. Oh, right. He, Keep going. He was the scientist that figured that out in fermentation. Oh, and also things that made vaccines possible later. That was all one person. Well, he was I'm the one initial. For my friends at home. Right. For those at home, he was like one of the initial people who figured out this very basic yeah. thing. Got it. So what he figured out was if he set out um, broth to ferment, if it was covered, it wouldn't ferment. If it was uncovered, it would. And so if he covered it up with varying degrees of thickness, it would ferment different levels, Mm. which led him to believe the only reason it's fermenting is because something from out here is getting getting in in here. Mm. And so then people were like, wait a minute. If something's getting in there, there, maybe. Uh-huh. But they Maybe still what? didn't believe that it was oh, any kind of here. yeah, in, yeah. There, in, in the body in our bodies. Yeah. Oh. But they still didn't believe in microorganisms. They believed in bad air. So like if someone oh. died and then they you were around the body mm-hmm. and then you got sick, it was because you were in the bad the air bad that air. the spirit yeah. that oh, the body left. So they were like, well, we'll give him that. It's definitely something out there. It's definitely for sure ghosts. It was right. Because like, they were making out with the corpse. <laughs> Probably <laughs> necrophilia. At the same time, there's this guy in Germany, Simmelweis. He's the guy who came up with the you. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> came up with the radical idea that is known today as, "Hey guys, maybe just wash your hands." Semmelweis was the hand Semmelweis. He was the one working in, a, in an OB ward. German. Mm-hmm. Of course well, he was. Austrian. Because... I think he was Austrian. Oh, I don't have an Austrian accent. Yeah, I'm sorry. Meh. JK is the same. <laughs> <laughs> Say, you'll wash your hands at me in a German accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's no, do it. 
No, okay, yeah, I've been washing my hands. No, yell, wash your hands at me. Like, oh, oh. wash your hands, Alicia. There it Ooh, is. Ooh, that's good. That See, good. I'm surprised that didn't happen my earlier. God, yeah, that's, that's intimidating. <laughs> my husband's German, and uh, well, they don't. Listen oh, this. right. <laughs> I forget. They, them. The others. Okay, German guy, hospital, OBs, right. babies being wash born. All the moms are dying from what? the bed fever, you know. Oh. Um, I forget what it's called. Baby bed fever, something. Anyway, they're all dying. Like 80% of women are dying after they have a baby in this hospital. And he starts noticing <laughs> that on. the doctors, because their mo- their main reference text was a cadaver. So doctors would go down to the cadaver area no. and do their research. And no. then they'd be like, oh, a baby's coming. They'd be like, okay. And then just like wipe them off on their pants no. and head on in. No. Yes. And so he was like, you know. We could be like this necrotizes, this decays. We could be taking that in there and giving them death. Again, he mm-hmm. didn't, it wasn't a microbe or anything. Right. Right. So he made everyone wash their hands and it went down to a 5% death rate. And like, like, wash your hands, guys. Oh, everyone's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it is a wonder. <laughs> we are still on this planet. Also, what with women mid- the... midwives had been doing this for a really long time. Oh, surprise. a really long time. <laughs> you mean women had the answer mm-hmm. the whole time? Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> but again, poor people went to hospitals. Rich right. people had midwives. Right. So there's that little jump. And now it's the other way around. Yeah. No weird. Oh yeah. I mean, not a, that that poor people go to move. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, I, that's, I know that was mean. not. Listen, <laughs> I'm so oh my sorry. God. I'm <laughs> what? what? It was until it was out of my mouth. I know what you mean, though. Now, my point was now hospitals are $10 million. Right. Anyway. So that's what the book was about? Almost. We're almost there. I'm almost okay. done. Oh, but this okay, is all in the book. This is a, well, some of this is what I already, and then some of this is just summary. Fascinating. But it's, it's all covered. It's all in the book. So this launches germ theory of disease because people like. Lister, who had actual experience using a microscope, unrelated to medicine, of course, Mm -hmm. started seeing these things that were common in everyone who had the same infection. And he started to be able to identify what type of infection by what type of microbes he saw in the pus that he would take home with him. And everyone was like, gross. And he was like, this is science. And they didn't like that. He put it in his pocket. (laughs) He would like like scrape wounds of people he was treating and take it home where he could actually look at it in his lab. Wow. Because nobody had microscopes. That was not a thing they did. So he started doing that. So then at the same time, again, this other guy named Coke, he is on the same like, you know, like what's that called? Parallel thinking. Yes, same parallel thinking. And he figures out that if someone has a disease and this becomes Coke's postulates, which is the basis for all vaccines. Okay, so he decides that if you can identify a microbe in an infection, you can isolate the microbe, separate it. You can reinfect someone who's not sick with that microbe and they'll develop the disease. That way you know it works, you know that's the one. Then you take that again out of them and they are now immune and so that you can pass that on. So that's kind of how you, listen, also I'm not a scientist. Anyone listening who heard that, I may have explained that really terribly, but that's basically the thing. In layman's terms. In layman's terms. terms. I feel like people will tweet at you if that isn't correct. It sounded right. It sounds close. Let's go with it. So that's happening at the same time. And so Lister is like, if we can do that and we can say there's these little things that are causing this, then what gets rid of these little things? 
seems so simple. Right. You know? And he found out they were treating this um, sewage yard, which was a thing then, of just sewage that they were then allowing cows to then regraze in and they mm-hmm. were getting infections. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would treat that with carbolic acid and it would kill all of the bacteria that they didn't know existed. <laughs> and then the cows survived. And then I burped. Bless you. So he was like, let's try that out. And he started testing different like strengths of carbolic acid dilution. And he found one that wouldn't hurt you, wouldn't poison you because it is toxic. But also when he used it on his tools and his hands and poured it into the wound during a surgery, suddenly people weren't getting infections anymore. They wouldn't get an infection if you kept the wound wrapped in this carbolic acid thing. Also at this same time, someone had figured out ether. So Mm. now you could knock people out and you could operate as long as you needed to to do it well because they weren't going to get an infection. So that changed Everything. the entire course that's, of that's, what history. And yeah. that's how medicine is born. Yeah, and what surgery is used for. He did some of the first wow. mastectomies that they never, that was something they could not do. Mastectomies? Yeah. Why would you do that then? Because they found tumors. They could find tumors, but oh. they didn't know how to cut them out oh, duh, without because killing you can someone. feel them. Yeah. yeah. And I guess... And it takes time. It's very painstaking. But I guess, like, they even then, just... like, you would know that a, a lump was a bad thing then. Yeah, it's going to sure. grow. It's yeah. going to kill you. That's fascinating. And so he... So just those two things together, just, like, the, the antiseptic surgery combined with anesthesia changed everything about it. And so his... And this is the part. This is where it ends. And this is where I was super fascinated because they waited until the very end to say this, that until he didn't die until 1918... And until he died, he was opposed to aseptic surgery, which is what we have now, where you go into a space that is completely sterilized, and then you know nothing's going to get in. He believed that that was a class issue, because at the time, rich people had surgery in their homes, and poor people went to the hospital. So he said, if you were rich enough to have an an aseptic surgical area, then you would always be fine. But people who were poor could never have access to life-saving surgery and if you had to go to a hospital. And so he railed against it like until his death because he was like, "That's everyone needs to know how to perform antiseptic surgery if we want to save everyone right, mm-hmm. got it. equally. And I was, I was very moved by that. That's very moving. That is <laughs> very moving. Yeah. Wow. But then, and just to throw this in, because those are my <coughs> two favorite, my third favorite Sorry. is William Halstead. William Halstead then steps in here after these two huge things. He was the first surgeon to actually care about patients. He was the first surgeon to like be like, hey, let's take our time and do this as slowly as possible so we don't damage the muscles and we don't damage the arteries. And he found ways to suture arteries and veins that no one else could because they would just demolish them. And he also was the first person to figure out to use cocaine for local anesthesia so you could not knock someone out. You could just do a small thing without having to maybe kill them. Huh. And so he brought like the compassion part to it. So I feel like my top three kind of have an evolution. Sure. But he was also a huge cokehead, by the way, and just just a mess. I mean, you would be kind of. Yeah, that was, was your a, whole thing. He like, was a big mess. I don't rub some cocaine on it. You know, yeah, I know he was that fucked guy. up and doing the shit to people, and it was awful. And so he's not he's not a great person either. But but this is you know, as you were telling the story, I was thinking, do I know anything about the world like that? Like Jinx does, like the history of something <laughs> like top to bottom. And I'm like, Oh, I don't. I should learn something. This is just a micro focus, is what this is. This is just a one thing that piqued my interest once and then I read everything. But I in love the world. it. Like I, I feel like I know you better. Oh. You should hear her talk about <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that was just one time 
But I got really interested and I researched Doritos for like an hour and a half and they gave a whole whole speech about it. A whole presentation. Is the story of Doritos interesting? It turned out it kind of was. (laughs) There were some real socioeconomic portions. I don't remember now. It was the ladies. Yeah, it was was a lot. Well, save for a future episode because I want to know all about Doritos. (laughs) We'll tell you one thing about Doritos. Tell them about that one time we had Doritos that was the most magical. Oh my God. Okay, so one time we were eating nacho cheese Doritos. Uh-huh. It was a family-sized bag, I believe. I'm sure, yeah. And the bottom, it wasn't even the bottom of the no, bag. It was, it was like the middle the of the bag. bag. It was like, it was. we found a flavor nugget, like a nacho cheese wow. solid. And oh, it yeah. was about the about. size yeah, and know. shape of a McDonald's chicken McNugget. Yeah. Wow. Solid flavor. Solid nacho just, cheese. And we took pictures of it. It yeah. was the most amazing thing that ever happened to us. Yeah. We and were so rubbing we were like, it on other Doritos and yeah. eating it. Yeah. Sometimes just we like take lightly grate it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a we teeny a tiny nibble. nibble just like, mm, yeah. and then with, oh. So why much don't flavor. they just sell that? I don't understand. That's how I started into this whole rabbit hole, though, where I was looking up the ingredients and the topping. Yeah. With what a magical day i've spent mm-hmm. i've spent every day since really chasing we're, that dragon yeah, we're like never there's, gonna, it's never, it's gonna, never happen gonna happen again but no because obviously now they have better like filtering systems for all that sort of a thing we i mean we should have talked about it though Damn. sorry Why? doritos if you're listening oh. just we send made us that some all up. flavor nugget <laughs> and that too yeah <laughs> but wouldn't that be great if you could just buy extra dorito flavoring to put on your doritos or your popcorn oh, oh god oh gosh that yes. is a million dollar idea Take, I take it back. I, nobody heard it. Plug your ears. <laughs> it's mine. Forget it. I call dibs. Dibs. Now, there. you used to be able to buy the um, Kraft macaroni and cheese powder. Yeah. yeah. You used to be able to buy that in a canister, like a shaker canister. Yeah. Stop and it. I, I haven't seen it in years. I don't know what happened. Really? Yeah. That was not available in California. Oh, yeah. Well, Midwest-ish. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Sure, that sense. makes sense. Yeah. It's probably like a major ingredient in a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. probably true. I feel like we got, just, we, we got avocados. Yeah, yeah. You do have really good avocados, though. Yeah, well, he's so humble. (laughs) Okay, I I guess you didn't grow them. Cheese, cheese. I mean, that is some good eating. That extra, add a little extra. Mm. It's like that creamy, salty, cheesy. So good. Mm. Anyway, okay. Lister, Um, was that? Oh, okay. Lister, yeah. Yeah. Lister, yeah. Here's a question: Mm -hmm. Is he? I am going to assume yes. Listerine. Oh. He's Listerine adjacent. Listerine oh. was like a tribute to him. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a chemist who, I fr- he used some like derivative of carbolic acid to make this antiseptic cleaner. That is so cute. And he sold it as like a, you could wash your floors with it or your hair or it stopped eczema. Like it was like one of those. Or where you could put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm, because you could. You could do all of those things with it and it worked. And he named it Listerine after him. <laughs> I... In other markets, it was called Mop and Glow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. And it came secondarily to like dentists and oral health. Like that came later. It first was just like an what? all-purpose antiseptic cleaner. Yeah. The yellow one, not the blue one. Yeah. My grandfather oh, used, used the yellow used one. The yellow mm-hmm. one. That was his mouthwash. Oh, don't you remember that? Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. They don't even sell it anymore. Why would they? Yeah, you can get original flavor. It's not can the you? same as the old one that was like 30% alcohol. Oh, PS. God. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 It's not the same, but you can still get original flavor. I remember my mom like being like, you're not allowed to use Gramps' mouthwash. Mm-hmm. I do. Too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, yeah. Hey, Gramps uh, loved mouthwash. Sure did. Yep. And it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Weird. Oh, mm, boy. Yeah. Listerine. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. I would think that your floor would get so sticky. Well, it didn't have sugar in it at that point. Oh, right, because it tastes yeah. like it's whiskey. It tastes like carbolic acid mm. <laughs> and alcohol. Delish. Mm. So mm. good. Oh, so good. yeah. That's how Johnson & Johnson started, too, was that they first learned about carbolic acid and started selling prepackaged like um, gauze and surgery tools. Oh. And it was pre-sterilized with carbolic acid, and that's how they huh. went in there. I feel like Jinx is throwing down so much knowledge today. Listen, I kill it on Jeopardy. This is Just wow. kill it. This is what happens when she reads. Yeah. This is why I can't. I just can't. I'll get obsessed, and I'll start looking everything up. Yeah. Were you reading a lot in the past 24 hours? I finished this book in the car on my way back to Boise. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe we should talk about what's been going Oh, that's yeah. probably a good idea. See, you know me. Alicia knows how I do. When something stresses me out, what yep. do I do? You read about mm-hmm. it. I do a lot of research, and other people find that, um, you know. Unsettling. Uns- yeah. yeah, and I find it very soothing because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm like, now I have more knowledge, so I feel more in control right. of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the past couple of days, I've been passing a kidney stone. Right, we yeah. think that's the that's what we think. That's the current working that's theory. The current working theory. She's been to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Went to the doctor. It's a theory that's largely confirmed by a doctor. Mm-hmm. Can largely. I just tell the audience at home, like this is how much <clears throat> Alicia uh, and and Jinx care about each other. So, <laughs> Jinx went down, and uh, for hours, days, almost, I feel like, like we didn't know what the problem was. Right. And so Alicia, she didn't go down. It was not that dramatic. She was <laughs> right. fine. She was like, oh, this, I, was I don't like, feel oh, good. I don't feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So Alicia picks me up at my hotel, and I'm staying here in Boise for a few weeks, helping them out with the big shebang that they're doing. Uh, <laughs> do we do we talk about that? Boise's funniest Boise's person. Boise's funniest person. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he did the cl- the plug on last right. week's show. Right. I remember. Okay, so I'm here to help out with that. And anyway, I get in the car, and uh, and Alicia, I say, "Did we find out what was wrong with Jenks?" And she says, "She's got a kidney stone." And I said, "Oh." <laughs> He goes, right. Mario. He goes, he goes, oh, that's great news. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't say it was great news. No, because I, because you know, it could have been. Yeah. Much what stage worse. is it? Right. Is it exactly. three? Is it four? Do, Do they, they make, make a five? five? <laughs> Probably. <sighs> yeah. So that, yeah. Once I, once they said that too, I was like, oh, okay. My entire insides aren't rupturing. It's fine. It's fine, but it still really hurts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a person alive who would be like, ah, that's no, oh, like, that's no big deal. Bite a stick. No, Every- everything I looked up legitimately, like legit, like hospital and medical websites are like, this is certified to be the most painful thing you can experience next to childbirth. Wow. I did not know that. It, but Alicia and I theorized the other day that that's because men describe it. <laughs> Because she, what, what did you say about women that have had them? That you, women, all, oh, the right. women who have had kidney stones, they're usually like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it hurts, but you're fine. Yeah, but men are always like, oh, my God, it was the most terrible thing. Uh, and and it, it hurts just as much as childbirth, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Uh, I'm fine, sure of it. fine. We can say that's the most painful, but definitely this is number two. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm so, not. I'm know, not looking forward to. Laugh when I have a mouthful of water. But I can't make the comparison because I had two C-sections, so I don't. I've never been in labor, mm-hmm. and I can't. I'm gonna have to come be your like yeah. kidney stone doula. I, that's, that should be a thing. <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. Just, 
You're sitting there with a colander. Yeah. You just, just got a little, <laughs> some mesh. You're rubbing something on my back. Just, just like, breathe, okay. Just breathe. Got the here tennis ball. All right, right, here we go. Deep breath in. Deep cleansing breath and ahi, Oh, I see a spike. <laughs> I, got, I see a jaggedy spike. I got really sad because I had to use a porta potty the other day at the thing. Right. And I really legitimately thought as I peed, I was like, I don't want to leave it here. That's mine. It belongs to me. I don't want to just... Leave it in some random You're porta totally potty. Collect it in a jar oh, and yeah. put it like up yeah. with your with your look bones like. and with things. my collections. Are they called kidney stones? They are. Yeah, they all they look all different. I, I've seen a bunch of pictures. Like snowflakes. They can be all different shapes and sizes <laughs> and colors. Can colors? You, can you get mm-hmm. it mounted? On they can be anything from black to like pink, or oh. like a tan or a oh, white. Heavens. Oh my god! Some you of should these make are ugly. I mean, they're also very magnified in those pictures. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that what's tearing through your body? Yes. <laughs> That's why I'm on the prostate medicine. Like a goat head? <gasps> yeah. Oh, I mean, some of them. Horrible. Some of them are around. That's awful. Um, I hope you yeah. get a pink one. Yeah. And I hope you can turn it into a ring. I hope I get Kids to keep drink it. Water. How many carrots? Now, Maddie, oh. do you know that when Alicia had her hip replacement, I tried, I lobbied very hard for them to give her, like, the top of her femur, like, the femoral head so I could keep it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna give it to her like she under tried. a glass cloche. I did. I asked you know, for this it. This creepy Victorian medical fetish that she's got. I feel is way out of control. <laughs> Do you know about my dad's bone? Here we go. <laughs> I, I kept. I kept a piece when they cremated him. I asked if. Yeah, and they were totally fine. Like they were just like, oh yeah, we yeah. could totally do that. We can keep a piece, you know, because they put it in a big food processor. It like crushes. what? Yeah. yeah, the bones stay intact when you're cremated. They might crack or break or something, but they're fairly intact. Like they pull out a skeleton. What? And then yeah. they dump it in literally a giant industrial food processor to make cremains because the law says it has to be so, so you know, fine. Dust. They're called cremains. Cremains, yeah. yeah. And so I asked them if they would just keep a piece. And, and, yeah. she, and they did. And they did. And, and she, they asked and me if did. I had a preference, and I did, but that was not one I could get. So I just got whatever. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just realized I've been very well insulated from death most of my i i, I most people have mm-hmm. most people have huh. have you ever seen someone die no. not that i have <laughs> i mean that's never come on no, that's I have not. not yeah no i i have yeah most people haven't have that you? are our age mm-hmm. yeah delicia and jinx no yeah. i never actually i have never seen someone die okay i have never seen someone die but i've been with I've been with, with a lot of dead people, but again, disclaimer, not for any nefarious reasons. Right. No, you right. have been with a lot of dead people, <laughs> and but you have been around people who dying, are dying. Actively dying, yeah. Well, how, 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 is, how have we been around dead people? Oh, well, we've mentioned this before, but I, um, growing up, one of our neighbors and like my parents' friend from high school, their kids were friends with us. Uh, my aunt worked for them and answered phones, owned a funeral home that was like oh. a block away from our house. And I spent a lot of time in that funeral home, like after school, and we had cheerleading practice in the viewing room a couple of times and it was just like a place where I was very familiar and so when my aunt would go there to answer phones I would just wander around the funeral home for hours and hours and so like if they had someone laid out for a funeral or they had someone laid out that was coming in to you know I would just talk to them tell them about my day stuff you would talk to them yeah because then it wasn't scary because then I could really complain about it wasn't scary well because if you just walk into a room and there's a dead person that's kind of scary but that's where it stops for me but if you know (laughs) that's gonna happen and you're familiar with it and you just are like oh it's Mr. Porter listen up Mr. Porter here's what happened today okay I you know what I think you were coping (laughs) 
<laughs> I loved it. I wanted to be a no, mortician that's... for years. <laughs> when I was in high school, I wanted to be a mortician. Yeah. What, what changed? Um, I just I decided that I would sing. Which is so stupid. Like that was, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor or a mortician. That's what it is. And then when I was a junior in high school, I started singing, like operatic singing. And then I studied voice instead. Oh. And then I never went back because then I found out about the musical theater and belting and then the whole world opened up. (laughs) Yeah. And then I never got back to science and it makes me sad, doesn't it? It does. Like I have moments, like I have a microscope in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's true. I also have a microscope. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very both fast. We're fascinated by things and stuff like that. Huh? Yeah. No interest whatsoever. Huh? No, I like science. I did not like math. Math is for me. That's my arch nemesis. Math wow. is very, very, very I'm hard not down for me. For math, I was always a really good um, writer, and uh, you know. I I hit recess pretty hard, but I did not <laughs> care for that math or that science at all. Oh. I love science, but mm-hmm. I I always scored super super high on science and yeah. super super low on math. And, and you're always like, how can I? What, what is it? I know all the guidance counselors were like, I don't know what you're supposed science to do. With this. Teacher? I guess that's all I got. Median. I <laughs> oh, I dissected oh, so many things. Ugh. Loved it. Like all my tests when they were the like, what should you be when you grow up test that you had to take, which I think were for the army. Yeah. Am I right? Everybody about took the ASVAB mm-hmm. test. ASVAB. That yeah. was an army thing, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. But they always said photographer or postal worker. Those what? were the, yeah. Photographer or, or postal, postal worker. worker? Mm-hmm. They just got stuck what? in the P section okay, of the what? list. Or I was going to say what, what traits yeah. unify those two jobs? I don't know. Well, I mean, it was also like at the top, at I the top, at, at the top, right at the top of the list was like Good performer, public speaker, right. something yeah. like that. <laughs> but like, as far as like jobby jobs, like mm-hmm. what should you, you like, yeah. what are you going to be? It yeah. was photographer, postal worker. I think that it was, um, jobs they provided like those, it you was could probably get limited training to, through the you know, army. Yeah. Yeah. Really crushing it at the post office. Actually. Like I, I'd come in with, a I would be, if I just mm-hmm. had to sell stamps and stuff, I yeah. bet I would be, Oh, you destroy it though. <laughs> yeah. You would, ah. like, I would always come to your section. You'd, come You'd to be my like line. that lady that, that my husband's really good friends with at the post office. He goes to her line all the time. And she asks me questions about like, well, didn't he take the kids to Grinker's last week? Like that kind of, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Hey, Who's going to you? the post office? I Tucker all the time. A package they're so close of the special Elvis stamps just for you just yeah. for I knew, you I knew oh you, you totally coming. would be that lady. absolutely and you'd have all kinds of cool buttons and things on your oh a lot of flair guys yeah. should I go work for the post office you're Maybe? really talking to me into it. but also now, Alicia but... is a great photographer she is takes, she yeah she takes great photographs that's true yeah wow oh. so maybe they were right I love photography do you yeah, yeah. you take great photos um, it's not they're always of your car that's but true. those are the ones Listen. that I'm always like, look, that is, is that an ad? Oh Glam. my God. Yeah. <laughs> I have a yellow VW Beetle. Yellow uh, is understating it. It's, it's the most orange, rich, gold. like gold. Marigold. Green yeah, like poo. a yes, yeah. sparkly mm, honey. I love it. Sparkly yeah. honeybee. It's, uh, if you guys want to look at it on Instagram, mm-hmm. you can go to at sickbee, S-I-K-B-E-E-T. You As should a sick beetle, sickening y'all. Yeah, you should check them out. Her out, it, them. You should check them out. Us. Anyway, we spend a lot of time around dead people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Crunchy. I don't even know how long have we been talking. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Now, this is this is not um, related to this necessarily, but uh, I mean, 
another activity that I loved as a kid, which I credit to the funeral home, was that I would go around and find dead bugs. Because, oh. I don't know, Ohio, a lot of bugs. Very wet, lots of yeah. bugs. Yeah. Um, I would go around and find dead bugs and m- bury them. Oh. And make little graveyards with, like, headstones. And then I'd put flowers and stuff. And then I'd make a new one. My friend Allison and I did that a lot. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. got a real so macabre streak. But it was all, but it's all for, like, the positive of it. Like, I like the, the like, look, we're taking care of them. We're, we're helping. Mm-hmm. We're. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. About. 12 years ago or so yeah. I had a turtle that died Uh-oh. and I buried it in my backyard I should go dig it up and no. get you a turtle skeleton no an empty how turtle long shell. ago about 12 years ago I mean probably unless you know exactly where it is though I bet you break it trying to find it I mean was that my tummy maybe did you guys did that, that dead turtle make you hungry <laughs> am I, so, am I, I I'm a little peckish it. Turtle soup. That sounds good. Turtle soup's a thing. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> I, would, soup. I would never eat turtle soup. That sounds so swampy. I feel no, like I've you. had it, but I can't remember why. Because you're from Appalachia. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> you're right. That's, yeah. What? Well, have you not been listening no, to me? No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you are. No, I just, you know, it's Squirrel just so and funny. all kinds of things. No, you know what it is? Like, the more I get to know you guys, like, when those facts that we kind of threw out early on come right. back... They're completely they're surprised again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say much like, more oh, on the second. Probably stars. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys know this. I'm gay. What? What? Yeah. Let that hit you in the face. <laughs> I didn't know you were a lesbian. <laughs> Bam. Bam. I'm not going to let it hit me in the uh, face. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Did I have any other notes? Uh, did you have notes? Did we? Did, I anything? knew nothing did about this. I, like I said, I thought this, I thought we were reading a book about charcuterie today. Oh, yeah. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. I am glad that I got to contribute Listerine to the conversation. Right. I, oh, oh I did have a tidbit with the guy who reads it on Audible, which, by the way, if you want to listen to it, oh, yeah. it's a great read, and you can get a 30-day free trial of Audible if you go to audibletrial.com slash eavesdrop. Right. And you can get a 30-day free trial. Thanks, Audible. Anyway, I listened to this on Audible, and the guy that reads it, his name is Richard Lister. What? And I, did, I forgot to look it up because he's old, and he's very British, and it's very like... Lister went into his home. Like, it's very, like, that kind of story. He's got to be related. That right? can't be a coincidence. He must be, but I didn't get a chance to look it up, so I'll figure that out. Oh, but God. but We're it never is good. Gonna know. We're is, never going to know. It's very dry, but he is a good reader, and it is. he makes it more story-like. But I, I'm i going to give it, like, th- two to three stars on a normal range and then, like, a five-star on my my topic range does okay. that make sense yeah uh-huh. like i think you guys would like it two to three stars worth because about halfway through you'd be like out of this what? is disgusting and out I of five. Oh, out of five yeah. two to three out of five that's not actually very, very high but i felt what you were talking about was compelling it is but the book itself is very dense like jinx it's very like really, in 1823 jinx really uh, likes to read boring i like books. a dry book oh i like facts i want it that's like people who like shortbread <laughs> I love shortbread. Oh my Dude. god! Oh god! Damn Bless. it! I need a good It's dip. one of my favorite. Like it's moist. It's one of my favorite. Just the world is so dry. Yellow cake, love it. I like yellow cake mm. with chocolate frosting. Yes. Yum yum yum. Mm. Or caramel. chocolate frosting. Hello, that's the right. That's what doesn't make it gross. Yellow cake. <laughs> that's you listen. Right. Okay, guys. <laughs> Fine. This isn't. We're not going to break up over this. What's your Girl Scout cookie? What's your go-to? Oh, mm. Thin Mints. Hi. Oh, okay. okay. Always yeah. Thin Mints. What's number two? 
there is no number two. And people have asked me, yeah, they're like, what if they don't have Thin Mints? What do you want? And I'm like, then don't get anything. Chips Ahoy. No, oh, I like the ooh, peanut butter Ahoy. one. Chips the Ahoy. peanut butter girls got the tagalongs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like the lemon, those lemon spritzer ones. Yeah. That, those are okay, but they've got weird chunks in them. Oh, I haven't had them for years. I'm just going on memory. But for maybe me, it's, Samoas. it's just thin, thin mints and shortbread. Shortbread. But homemade shortbread, now, you don't even like? Now my tummy is going again, you guys. I'm going to put shortbread. It's all the shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't know why that was my end. I don't know why I decided to. <laughs> okay. That was going to be the end question, but... All right, what, um, but we're gonna have we're gonna have um, Matteo back again. Yes. Oh, I, I'd love to come back. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna we're gonna talk about the thing we've been practicing. I don't want to give it away. You don't have to. I already know. <laughs> Gosh, I don't. See, we'll work on that. We'll work on it. Yeah. We'll get it. Great. Okay, so um, um, yeah, you can uh, tell people to listen to us if you like it, and you think they would too. Anywhere you get podcasts, and you can check out anything on the Eastrap Network. Yeah. At like. Ease dash drop dot com. Mm-hmm. That's where you find all our podcasts plus Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. SoundCloud is that? I don't know. Stitcher. Um, it's all. Stitcher. It's on all the places. iTunes. Yeah. You would find a podcast is where you'll find us and all the other great like never been better mm-hmm. and be PTO. Kind. Yeah, PTO. Permanent better time kind off. rewind. Be kind. be kind rewind. Damn it. We are losing Damn. it. Listen. All right, we got to look stop. it up. Just go to ease-drop.com and you can see all of those things there. You can also drop a little change in our tip jar if you oh, just I always forget that. If you just feel like you want to because you know, we have medical bills and stuff coming yeah, up. Yeah, we so. do. <laughs> That'd be great. We didn't even we didn't even talk about it. No, no anyway. We, well, I don't know how long we've been uh, talking. It feels like long enough. Okay. We'll get into it another time, I'm sure. I love you listeners. Good. Thank you, Matteo, so much for being on. Thank you. We love you, too. Steve bailed a while ago. Bye, Steve. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye, everybody. So many books upon the shelf, if we had the time of day, whatever would we learn, what knowledge would we gain, like dew upon the morning blossom or candy for the brain. Place the books within our hand Discuss them anyway Grab your tea, have a seat